Hello and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. If you would like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, please visit our website at hopeforvermont.org. As well as if you're enjoying these podcasts, check out the live streams at Hope for Vermont on YouTube. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Uh, as we look at uh, Hebrews 13. This is the final chapter of Hebrews. It's been several weeks, even months, that we've been walking through Hebrews. At times, it's been more of a Bible study than a motivational speech, but I think that's okay. That's sometimes what preaching is. It's breaking down the Word of God into pieces that you can chew, you can digest, and you can apply to the health and strength of your body. But we come to Hebrews 13, and it begins with Concluding exhortations. These are the tips. These are the end notes. These are the things to refer back to. These are the things that are important for us to think on, but not move on from, but that we would ruminate on them, that we would um, mediate, that we would just like a cow chewing its cud, ruminate think on and over and read again and perhaps ponder and memorize. These are the tips. These are the things that we need to understand that are going to help us and uh, to guide us. And so Hebrews 13, 1 says, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. And this word or this phrase, loving one another, loving one another, it is in the Greek, Philadelphia, which means brotherly love or brotherly kindness. Keep on showing that brotherly love, brotherly kindness for one another. This is how the writer of Hebrews is concluding. Keep on doing it. Continue. Do not lose sight of the benefit it is to know that you're part of a community that loves one another. Philadelphia, brotherly love. In the Amplified Version, it says, let love for your fellow believers continue and be a fixed practice with you. Never let it fail. Let love your for your fellow believers continue and be a fixed practice with you. Never let it fail. Never let it fail. Even though people move away, we can still love them. We can still pray for them. Even though people are not as close to us or something has happened, we can still love them and pray and intercede that God would restore that relationship, that God would help, that we would not lose sight, that we are called to love as Jesus loved us. And we think it's so difficult to love a certain people or certain individuals, but by God's power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, we can love others. So let's love one another. As we move on to Hebrews 13, 2, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Hospitality, this is something that I believe I'm gifted in. This is something I certainly enjoy, whether it's going for golf and enjoying the conversations or whether it's eating breakfast or drinking coffee and being there with one another, not just to eat, but to enjoy the time of getting to know one another and share God's love like the curtain being pulled back on the stage, reveal his truth and his compassion, his grace for others. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, to entertain one another. It says entertain strangers uh, in a different version because sometimes we're going to be entertaining angels. Well, as you've come to be aware, I enjoy the amplified version. 
It's kind of like a built-in commentary as we read. It says, do not forget or neglect or refuse to extend hospitality to strangers in the brotherhood, being friendly, cordial, and gracious, sharing the comforts of your home and doing your part generously. Let us do our part generously. Let us reach out to those, even though you might have a messy house and have a campfire. That's what we do. And we say, well, if you want to use the restroom, there's a portalette in the field. No, I'm just joking. We let them use the uh, downstairs bathroom in the church part of the chapel campus. But you can have people over to be a part of your life, to get to know them, to let them know that we are more about Monday through Saturday than simply Sunday, that we are a people that cares about everything that you're going through. If you're hungry, if you're thirsty, if you're tired, if you're in need, we will pray and intercede. But we believe that the church, the people of God, the family of God, can be the answer to your prayer. So we don't just pray, but we reach out and those that are in need, the people within the congregation can meet those needs. And perhaps you are being called to meet a certain need or we are called to meet a certain need, whether through the hygiene pantry or some other area. So let us meet the needs of those because we could be entertaining angels, not just strangers to us. This is uh, what I just read from the Amplified, but I'll read it again. Do not forget or neglect or refuse to extend hospitality to strangers in the brotherhood, being friendly, cordial, and gracious, sharing the comforts of your home and doing your part generously. For through it, some have entertained angels without even knowing it. Let us be those that extend hospitality. We reach out. It's not just uh, a nervousness of, oh no, they're going to find out I'm different at home than I am during Sunday morning. But we understand we can meet needs. A friend of mine, Garrett White, he just shared with me a little while ago that conversations, our personal stories, our testimonies are exchanging keys that unlock doors in other people's lives. He went on to say it's similar to trading medicine, good medicine of our stories, of what God's done in our lives that can reveal truth and bring healing and comfort with others. If we would just share our stories, we are sharing keys that unlock these doors or sharing medicine that help others, we extend hospitality. In Hebrews 13.3, remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them and those who are mistreated since you also are in the body. Remember those in prison. I have opportunity to uh, interview Damon West coming up. Damon West has written a book called The Change Agent. In it, he talks about be a coffee bean, be a coffee bean. And if you're familiar with his story or if you aren't, I just encourage you to get a copy of the book I listened on Audible. It's uh, his life story and certainly an entertaining listen. But he talks about be a coffee bean and he had to go to prison. He was in jail and he was serving a life sentence. And I'm not going to give the whole story away because I want you to listen to that interview on the podcast, Living Hope Wesleyan. We'll probably cross post it on my other podcast, the Backfire podcast with Jeff Fuller of Jay Fuller Interviews. That YouTube channel is Jay Fuller Interviews, some shameless self-promotion right there. But he talks about when he was in prison, somebody told him he could either be a carrot, an egg, or a coffee bean. And he went on to say that when you are in boiling water, what happens to the carrot? Well, it becomes mushy and soft and really not use, use for anything, much use for anything. You can become an egg and the shell kind of protects it, but inside you get hard. And 
you become hard and well being a coffee bean you put a coffee bean in water and what happens to the coffee bean well the water the environment that around it becomes coffee becomes something useful so be a coffee bean he learned this while in prison the name of the book is the change agent and i am looking forward to interviewing him be a coffee bean be a coffee bean whether you're in prison or whether you're at school, whether you're in the cafeteria or in the grocery store, whether in the laundromat or wherever you are, be a coffee bean and that around you, it will change. Matthew 25, 31 through 40. Why would we be a coffee bean? When the Son of Man comes in his glory, this is Jesus speaking, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. Verse 36 of Matthew, I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. I was in need of hygiene, pantry products, and you provided those for me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? In verse 40 of Matthew 25, we find these words. The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me as well. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. This is what God is calling us to and reminding us of. The writer of Hebrews is saying, remember in Matthew, remember in that gospel, which didn't really happen because all they had was the Old Testament, but because the scripture, it aligns from Genesis through Revelation because the same spirit is constructing this book, this several books to become the Bible. It's consistent and he is saying, Whatever you did for the least of these, you, you did for me. You did for me. So church, do we just try to impress those that have money or have an interview or a conversation with those that can help us? Or do we try to reach out to all that God would share and God would help us? I forgot to mention in Matthew or Hebrews 12, 17, he could not change what he had done. This is thinking of Esau. He could not change what he had done. This is why it's so important in Hebrews 13, 4. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. This is where we found in Hebrews 12, 17, where it said, Do not be sexually immoral, or like Esau, who sold his birthright for a meal. And what when he wanted to change it, he couldn't because it had already been done. This is why in he, uh, Corinthians 6, 18, it says, Sins against their own body. That's sexual sin. That's why it has greater consequence. This is why sin is sin in God's eyes, but certain sins have greater consequences. And he is reminding us, the writer of Hebrews, that we have 
a opportunity, an opportunity as the married couples to, that we should honor, bring honor to that marriage and to keep the marriage bed pure for God will judge the adulterer. And we do not want to be judged, but we want to be disciplined now. And if you have failed, if you have messed up, if you have committed premarital sex, if you have looked or been um, subjected to abuse, God wants to heal you and forgive those that have conducted such things. And God brings judgment. But in his judgment, we can know that we are forgiven. As we look at... Yes, Hebrews 12 through 15, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no better root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. He could not change what he had done. What a tremendous thought that once the judgment happens, we cannot change, but now we can. We can ask God to change us, to forgive us, to help us, that we might be victorious, that we do not have to go back to those same things. Because sin uh, is against your own body. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against his own body. Keep your lives free from the love of money. This is Hebrews 13, 5. And be content. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content. Remember, this is the closing uh, remarks. This is the tips to remember. This is the concluding exhortations of this book of Hebrews. He's saying, keep your lives free from the love of money, not from money. You actually need money. Money is useful. Money provides opportunities. But if all you're seeking and all you're searching as the American dream, you call it in your own mind, is to be rich, to be wealthy, to gain and to get then you become distracted and everything else is distorted because you fail to realize that Jesus has said he will supply all of our needs. Be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. We can be content because God is with us. He says in Deuteronomy 6, these words, Deuteronomy, I'm sorry, 31, verse 6, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. God will never leave you nor forsake you. So if you are in need of money, if you are in need of something, know that we can be content because we are, yes, in Colossians 3.3, 3, hidden with Christ in God. We can be strong and courageous knowing that as we are hidden with Christ in God, he will never leave you nor will he forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? This is from Psalm 118, 6 through 7. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Well, I might get fired. I might get ridiculed. I might get put down. I might lose my... We are more than conquerors with him that loves us so much. I will not be afraid. God will provide. He will provide. Psalm 118, the Lord is with me. 
I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. I look in triumph on my enemies because we have Jesus, the author and perfecter of our soul, the one that has a plan for us, the one that disciplines us so that we can accomplish all that he desires for us. We have this great hope hidden in Christ Jesus where we are in God, our Lord and Savior. As we continue Hebrews 13, 7, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Imitate their faith. I do enjoy how the Amplified Version says it. Remember your leaders and superiors in authority, for it was they who brought to you the word of God. Observe attentively and consider their manner of living. Consider their manner of living. And I was drawn to the previous pastors of Living Hope Wesleyan Church. It was a Living Hope Wesleyan Fellowship Church, or Living Hope Fellowship Wesleyan Church under Ted Mallory. It was the Waterbury Center Standard Church under Vernon Scott and Floyd Drews. Floyd has since passed away. But these four individuals stewarded this congregation, this local church well, and we consider them. We pray for them. We lift up them, their spouses, and their families. We just pray that God would continue to bless them, provide for them, that he would guide them and help us to remember our leaders who spoke the word to you. Maybe it wasn't a pastor here at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, but maybe it was a grandparent. Maybe it was a pastor at another local church. Maybe it was someone that you have not honored. God is telling us that we can honor them because they invested in us the Word of God. Maybe it was a camp speaker. Maybe it was somebody at a seminar, a seminar or a conference, and we can remember them and lift them up because they led us well in the Word of God. At the end of that, it says, and imitate their faith, their conviction that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things, a provider and bestower of eternal salvation through Christ. Imitate their faith, their conviction that God exists, their conviction of the reality that he is the creator and ruler of all things, the provider and bestower of eternal salvation through Christ. This is why we honor our leaders. And in Hebrews 13, 8, as we look to conclude, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We will not fear. We do not have to worry because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In the Amplified Version, it says, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the same yesterday, today, yes, and forever. To the ages, to the end of the ages, we have this hope in Jesus. We have this hope in one that loves us, that died for us to give us salvation, but now is alive with his feet up at the right hand of God, interceding on our behalf. And as we worry, as we're concerned, as we're tempted, as we sin, as we fall, as we struggle, as we fail, as we have victories, we have one Jesus with his feet up saying, Daddy, that's your child. Daddy, look what has happened because I gave my life because of you for their salvation. And see, Daddy, 
have a little more grace, show a little bit more mercy. Thank you for your forgiveness that's available to them. Daddy, look, they are living for you. They are loving you. They are displaying your truth to others. They are reaching out beyond political lines, beyond whatever we think is important. They are actually living you beyond the things that matter in this world because they care about the things that matter in your kingdom, your eternal world. They matter. And because they matter, my sacrifice for them matters. So Jesus is telling his daddy, taking our behalf, lifting us up, holding us close as we choose to be hidden with him in God the Father. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Interesting how I'm recording this song on, or <laughs> sermon, recording this sermon on July 20th to be broadcast August 1st. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus loves you. Jesus cares about you. Jesus is interceding on your behalf. And through God, we have salvation. Through him, we have hope. Let us know the goodness of God. We're going to close with that song again. Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you care. We thank you that you are here. We thank you that we can rest in you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, make sure to visit hopeforvermont.org. As well as don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, where you can catch live stream versions of these services as well as other content. Have a great day.